we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Northern Power Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, I'm Sam Walker and welcome to episode, oh, hang on, it's not July. Episode 13 isn't due yet, but this is the Northern Power Women podcast. In fact, it's a very special bonus celebration issue of the Northern Power Women podcast. So welcome, welcome. In this very special episode, you will get the chance to be a fly on the wall at the second Northern Power Women's Celebration event. It was held in Manchester at KPMG. You'll get to hear some fascinating discussion on negotiating and confidence and also find out more of Northern Power Women's plans for the next year. But first, June has been one heck of a month for one very special Northern Power Woman. In fact, the Northern Power Woman, founder and CEO Simone Roche. As she received not one, but two honours this month. Firstly, the Women's International Networking Manchester Inspiring Women Worldwide Award. And then the small matter of an MBE. Simone and I caught up to chat about these brilliant achievements in a very glamorous location. Uh, My first question to you, Simone, is do I actually need to curtsy now? Um, Well, yes. And I I saw what you were practising before, Sam, and it was, I, I think it was a bit more bobbing. Than it was curtsying, so so maybe you should look at a, you know kind of a YouTube clip about proper curtsying. I'm sure the Queen wouldn't have accepted that. You would have been off to the tower. I, think. I love the fact just to bring us all down to earth. We are recording this interview in the car park of a railway station, uh, just to keep it real, keep it scouse. Absolutely, we are so like this is a very Northern powerhouse, isn't it? You know, where we're, we're here live recording from Brunswick Station. <laughs> You know, the glamour of it all, the glamour of, of, of the last week just is the pin- pinnacle right now. I feel like I want to break into a bit of car carpool karaoke. <laughs> we'll save that for later. There's no Prosecco around yet. Now, look, how I long... champagne these days, darling. Of, of, of course, my mistake. I'm so sorry. Um, how long did you need to keep this a secret for? Oh, my goodness. What felt like years? It was um, around five weeks. And it was one of those where you kind of pinch yourself because you're like, really? And you go through all the whole imposter syndrome stuff. And then and then you just really want to high five and tell your mum and your nan and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's yeah. Keeping a secret is tricky. Very, very tricky. Um because yeah and obviously you, you don't want to spoil anything so you become very very compliant you know <laughs> so and I think it was a week before um, the list of the, the, the Queen's birthday honours uh, were announced officially uh, I got a call from the cabinet office and I thought it was to talk about Northern Powerhouse or something like that and it was like congratulations and I went oh okay on on your MBE and I went I looked first thing I did was, and I was, at another, I was at Halifax station on that given day first thing I did was look around just to check no one had heard <laughs> or ever heard because I didn't want to be naughty <laughs> so yeah it was, it's was been quite interesting I think the hardest was the, the Friday evening so it's embargo till 22.30 on the eve of Her Majesty's birthday and that was a long few hours like Rob and I went out for dinner and it was almost like we just literally come on, come on, come on, come on, and then all of a sudden it just seemed to happen, and the social Twitter sphere, Facebook sphere, just took over, which was which was wonderful. Yeah, it was it was it's been a quite surreal kind of time, but and, and do you know what? Interesting for the last few years, every New Year and every birthday honours, I am there under the covers. I'm not going to disclose anything rude you have here. I'm there with my phone looking at the list and I scour for our Northern Power women. 
and I've done it every year, twice a year, because I want to be the first to celebrate, because we're all about role models, aren't we? We're all about that celebrating success, and I want to be the first to shout about it, because we're super proud, aren't we, of, of these amazing women uh, in, in our network, in our community. And it was really weird. I still did it. I stayed up till half one in the morning, <laughs> because I wanted to see and celebrate and, and kind of share. Um, and it wasn't like always trying to oh, not be about me or anything like that, because I was really proud, but I was just really keen as to who else, you know, who else was out there. We had Emily Cox um, from Virgin Money, um, Kate Harcastle, um, the most wonderful uh, Marnie Millard, who got our OBE as well. So it's just been really interesting. And I'm part of a, a group chat. And uh, Marnie was on the group chat going, you know, on the, I think it was on the Saturday, and, and people are all sending lovely congratulations and lovely words. And Marnie's like, oh, I'm, I'm down in London today, at, you know, and we're going to see the, the Trooping of the Colour, and then we're going to have some bubbles and I'm going oh wow okay well I'm off to the Nutsford Reclamation and Salvage show and it's, that must be the difference between an OB and a C, a, an MBE I think is is, is that <laughs> but, but I still had fizz <laughs> what, what does it mean to you this honour? Well, you can tell I'm obviously quite giddy about this. I'm, I'm proud. I think it's it's you, that real. It's a bit weird, you know. Um, I've had a lot of you know quite a few weeks to think about it, but I'm really proud. Um, I'm really sort of. I think it just is real testament to what we have created as as Northern Power Women. And I know I've worked around gender equality for you know ten years, but I think the real I got a letter today actually from the, the women's equality uh, minister and it's not just saying congratulations it's it's saying more and it's a bit like they've obviously read or, or mm. and it it just makes a real difference I think that we set this up you know I set this up didn't I to to accelerate gender equality from the north and you know what we're being taken seriously and that's what this is this is I know it's an honor for me and I've got letters after my name now uh, my husband keeps getting the wrong way around, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> and, but it's, I, I think it is a real stamp of approval as to what we've done and what we've grown is is, is gaining, you know, that recognition and, and gaining the impact. And that to me, it, so it means a lot personally, you know. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm really proud and I'm... I'm, I've really celebrated, I have to say. You know, sometimes you kind of go, oh, no, absolutely, it's been wonderful. But I think it is that, you know, I've, I've written letters of accommodation for years for other people. And so once I got over that thing about it being for me, it was like, you know what, this is great because this is for... And it, I feel like I'm taking one for the Northern Power Women team, you know, and it's not a chore, but it, it's... Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled. I'm over the moon, thrilled to bits, and it's it's what we can what we can do with this because it's always the we and what we're trying to do. But yeah, I feel I feel honoured that we've had that recognition. It's not it's not just a something. It's something that's quite strong and solid, and you know um, you don't get this every day so yeah I'm I'm absolutely high-fiving moonwalking at all those things <laughs> you don't get this every day and you don't get a week in which you win an award every day and what about winning two awards <laughs> small matter of another award um, as well you well, win award well that was the eve of the uh, the MBE eve if you like um, so we'd had a wonderful celebration event last week uh, at KPMG with our future list and uh, power list which was phenomenal you know stories new connections Noise, you know, really that you know, you know what we're like at the, the, the our events. You, you know, the, there's always that that power and that energy, and the stuff happens, and it's the you know the magic that happens and, and the mischief that also happens. So, the, the win conference which took place last week, um, which has come over, it, it happens around the world. You know, so Geneva, Rome, Japan, and this is the first time they held it in Manchester. It was, it was a suffrage suffragette issue, if you like, and so they had. They conspired with my husband to get me there. Uh, and it had been a really long week last week, you know, a great week, but a long week. And so, yes, um, the cheeky so-and-so had, uh, had, 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 had conspired uh, to get me there. And I'm sat there and I'm on my phone tweeting, you know, like you do. I always love a bit of social. Out we go. Great event. You know, uh, really great conversations happening. 
and the next minute they, they said this evening we want to recognise an individual etc etc and then I heard the words three years platform role models and I'm going oh for the love of God that's me and, <laughs> and, you're, like, and you're like oh God I think I might better have a little bit of a cry here and I'm like and I'm like thinking oh I should have had a blow dry you know I should have got I would have wanted to do I know it was just wonderful because it was it was something that was I was in a room full of amazing you know men and women and equally um, they were so thrilled and literally raising a glass or two and then the tables got pulled back and there was a disco I've never been at anything like it so it was the completely something so different but it really worked so yeah two in 24 and of course I knew that this was going to happen the next day and I'm thinking oh no 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 it's not a Simone show you know and it's but you know two very different things but really appreciative you know it wasn't like going back to 1974 and winning the egg and spoon race it's it, yeah I have to say last week was better um, you know and I'm really such a phenomenal week with enabling and convening these the, the gatherings that we had last week um, but then to sort of finish the week with these awards and then and then the love the literary love and support and the cheerleading that's come from my my world of the last 30 years yeah. you know um, my 30 year working world if you like and so people from the Navy people from you know I've, I've been running 10 all women for five years and people from all of the different stages throughout my career and my mum posted a lovely picture of me sat on the step of my nana's house at the age of five mm-hmm. with the most amazing ponytails you know <laughs> yeah, but it was all of that so you know what it's great mm. it's 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 really good and it, it kind of it's almost like I feel like I've had that I spend my time going you know you know take your ownership as a role model take your ownership as being visible and being present and this was something um it was like a, a two-for-one special deal um surrounded with love and wrapped up in a big bow and, and it was of course a northern power women bow but yeah it was phenomenal and I don't think it's I'll, I'll forget um but obviously now I'm on to the you know I've got to get palace fit <laughs> ready for when that happens and I, I'm not sure yet but I would imagine that's going to be autumn time but yeah I hope uh, I hope can you imagine if me Marnie Emily and Kate are all on the same northern powerhouse massive session my goodness we'll be bringing the palace down I think but yeah I, I, I'm proud to stand shoulder to shoulder with these phenomenal human beings um, yeah it's been <laughs> it's been incredible can you hear my voice <laughs> I've got the most huskiest voice this week and uh, yes lots of celebrating um, and lots of conversations but it, yeah it's something I'll, I'll never forget um, but 100% it's for Northern Power Women men out there and it, you know what makes doing what we do so relevant and so important so yeah high fives <laughs> the one and only Simone Roche MBE huge congratulations again so so well deserved brilliant stuff right on to part two of this very special celebration podcast now The Northern Power Women's Celebration event at KPMG in Manchester took place on June the 5th. The sun was shining on hundreds of people as they gathered to reflect a brilliant year for Northern Power Women. Thanks to everyone who attended. Thanks to everyone who took part as well. If you couldn't make it, never fear, because you can hear the whole thing right now. Starting with a welcome by Nicola Quayle, a senior partner of our hosts, KPMG. Hi, good evening everybody. It's fantastic to see um, such a colourful room of everybody in summer dresses for the first time this year, I think. Uh, my name is Nicola Quayle and I'm the office senior partner for KPMG here in Manchester. Uh, we are incredibly proud to support Northern Power Women and Simone. Um, it's fantastic to see so many Northern Power Women, uh, Northern Power Future Women and Powerless. Uh, women and I should have introduced myself actually as office senior partner for KPMG and proud Northern Power woman. Um, at KPMG, we're, we're passionate about a lot of things, but we're passionate about two things uh, here in Manchester. We're passionate about the development of the Northern economy and our part in it, um, and we're passionate about the 2,000 people that we have at KPMG across our four offices in the North. We're passionate about their development in particular. But we totally recognise that to see the success of the Northern Economy and the success of our team, we need that team to be diverse and inclusive. 
the financial and professional services sector doesn't have a brilliant track record um, in this area. We're making real progress, but we've more to do. Um, but the intent to make the changes that we need to make is absolutely real. Uh, from KPMG as a whole, from, from the firm top down, and particularly from the group that I lead here in Manchester. To quote the Hampton Alexander Review, uh, review from last week, um, which we are a, a real supporter of, uh, we will make no excuses for making progress on this agenda. So for those reasons, we are delighted to support Simone and Northern Power Women because it combines our two passions, uh, development of the North and development of women, which Northern Power Women absolutely stands for. So this is Simone's event, and I'm not going to hog the limelight. Um, I'm going to hand over to her very shortly. We are just very delighted to be able to host the event this evening and to say congratulations to all of you who are the, the successful women that are at the heart of what Simone's achieving. For those of you who've spent any time with Simone, you will know she is what I would describe as a force. Um, her energy, drive and passion are absolutely unrivaled in anybody I meet, male or female, within this community. And I think what she has achieved with Northern Power Women, almost single-handedly, because I know you've now got a really small team. I'm <laughs> But it has been almost single-handedly, is nothing short of amazing. So welcome to KPMG, welcome to this celebration event. Uh, enjoy the, the evening. Uh, Please feel free to stay around afterwards for uh, a bit more fizz and a few nibbles. Um, but I'd like to welcome to the stage, Simone. Oh! Been five foot not great sometimes. Um, thank you, Nicola. Thank you so much. And I'm delighted to be here for the second year. And I'm so delighted on your promotion as being the first female senior partner for KPMG, so congratulations to you. So, I know you said this is my event, but actually this is not my event. This is your event. Every single one of you here, it belongs to you. So, Northern Power Movement, uh, I created three years ago uh, as, a, as a force to try and accelerate gender equality from the North, and it is a campaign around celebrating role models. Everybody is a role model to someone, and we've all you know, we all love that quotation, you can't be what you can't see. And this is the drive that keeps me going because for me it's about how do we share your stories, your successes, your failures, you know, what you do better, what you do best, what you give back. And we've put these banners out today, we've had three years of the awards and the awards for me were about how do we really actually shout loud and proud about being kick-ass in the north. And that's what those banners are. So if you are on a power list, if you are commended, if you're a winner or a future list, you're on that banner. So please, those of you who know me know I love a selfie. So <laughs> <laughs> the hashtag tonight is hashtag NPWCeleb. Okay, it's very, very imaginative. But I want to see the selfies in front of these banners. Well, also tonight, we're going to, we, we, we launched a year ago um, at this very evening, we launched a podcast uh, hosted by my lovely. Everyone starts as a, you know, a colleague, an introduction, and everyone ends up being a friend. Uh, so Sam Walker, who hosted the awards for the last two years, she produces and collates our brilliant podcasts. If you haven't heard, then you cannot leave tonight without downloading the podcast. In, in one year, we've had 5,000 downloads, which apparently I'm not as cool as the cool kids, a little bit. Um, but apparently you get about 500 in the first year. Well, we've had 5,000, and they span globally. You know, and we, the passion is to share the voices and to amplify what is happening in the north of England. And it's been a really interesting week. As some of you may have read the article, there was a brilliant article last week. It was something about the 10 reasons that you really shouldn't have women on board. It was a cracker. It was a cracker. And I quickly, I don't write very much, but I suddenly thought, you know what, we have to, we have to counter that. Let's look for the top 10 reasons to have women on boards. So I, I sent a random, so thank you for those of you who probably allowed me to break GDPR or, or whatever, I'm not sure. Um, but you know, I'm, 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 I'm just me, so please don't sue me. Um, and, and we looked, are we filming? No, David. <laughs> and I asked, what's your tip? 
And some of you, if it was Sarah, Sarah Hall, Sarah Hall came back with 10. You, know, you actually rewrote one of the 10, and it was brilliant, and it's in a blog online, please. And we wanted to capture what those stories are, and we, I ended up doing uh, national television a week ago. I was on Channel 5 for a whole 10 seconds. I was very proud <laughs> of myself. Um, but I think it is, it's, sort of a, it's testimony to what you are all doing, the fact that people are now interested in what we as Northern Power Women, which... Don't be mistaken by the name, it's a very deceptive brand. For me, it's about all genders, all backgrounds, all sectors, all age groups, all achievements, because we are all doing something great. And that is really what sort of the power of this is. And what I want to do this evening is we're actually going to create tonight a celebration podcast to add to those 5,000 subscribers, which will be 5,100 by the time you've all left tonight. And we want to capture some of those sound bites. And in a short while, we're going to have two sort of two set 10 minute conversations between one of our future list, powerless, one of our partners, uh, and, and one of our winners. Because we want to, again, share what those stories are. So I just want to do very quickly, oh, there we are. A lot goes on, this happened, it started in 2015, but what's happened in the last year? So welcome to those of you who I've never met before, and those of you who've let me hug you, because I know all your faces, <laughs> and, and I am a bit awkward and creepy sometimes, you're like, oh, hi, hi, you know, Jessica, Dominique, Dominique's looking at me like, oh my goodness, it's because... We trawl over those pictures <laughs> and, and we put the brochures together and we put the lovely uh, banners together because it's really important that you're all visible. Um, but I just wanted to have a bit of a high five. We all should be high fiving ourselves. We all need to be our own sort of number one fans because we're all amazing, okay? Um, so I just wanted to look at that. So I've got like amazing people in my life. Amazing is an over word I use, I know, I get it. So I've got my, I hate to understand that, my northern pound man in the corner. That, that's my husband over there. It's not Captain Birds, I know. It's my husband. <laughs> he hates me a bit right now. Then I've got my brother here, who, who always captures the moment. I've got uh, lovely Emma, who's joined the team um, for, uh, five or six weeks ago, I don't know. But I've known Emma for years, and Emma just gets it, knows what we do, and she's keeping me, she's keeping me moving now, which is brilliant, and sort of scheduling everything we do. Um, and then I've got two wonderful women. Uh, where are you? Adele, come out. <laughs> Adele is our ambassador in Newcastle, because it was, it, where did she come from? <laughs> and, and Jade is our, uh, is our, is our ambassador and um, brand director in Lancaster. Lancaster. Uh, <laughs> Because it was, it was really important to me. We've got amazing cities across the Northern Powerhouse, but how do we really reach everywhere? And as much as I know I'm, I'm a bit of a roadrunner and I'll kind of run around a million miles around, I can't get everywhere. So I need all of your help to reach out and to gather kind of what's going on. But Adele created this lovely graphic for, for us to try and sort of look at what the last year... So a year ago, we had the first sort of gathering of you as an alumni, if you like, because that was always important, so we launched for the conference in 2015, but in 2016 when we created the awards, it was totally essential that was something that this wasn't just for one night. Northern Power Women is not Christmas Day, it's about what we do ongoing, and it's about what we drive ongoing. So last year when I talked really fast at uh, Christine and Joe from KPMG and went, hello, 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 this is a great space to hold an event, okay Simone, yeah, we had an event here, we had the same weather, which... Some Northern Power Women roles, we have a good son as well. Um, and we have a first event here, and again with a view to go, look, look at what we're doing. Um, we then launched MPW Live, which is a, a fake TED style event. I'm a TEDx licensee, I've run TEDx Whitehall Women in London for five years, but we created MPW Live to again give a different platform to amplify voices from the north. So all of those talks are all online, and I think, Rob, Rob Mukherjee, where are you, lovely? Our agent of change winner, Rob, you did one of the talks. Who else? Is anyone else here did all the talks? Tanya? No, Tanya's not here. So we, again, it was just 10-minute talks all online just to kind of shout about sort of the different interests and different activities that we're doing. Um, we then launched the third awards. We had 950 nominations this year. Yes, I, I, I know. I, I, you know, I never expected this, but it's, it's you that makes it happen, you know. I had to up the judges to 38 because, because it's really important that we have a split of judges to do different categories, so you don't, so you really give, those judges give blood, sweat and tears, and I know we've got some of our judges here tonight as well, 
that the roof that you heard, you give that blood to to make sure that you are really considering what has been nominated and what has been written. We had a brilliant reconnect event uh, with, in partnership with Vodafone at the back end of last year as well, looking at what it, you know, for career returners, Denise, you were involved in that as well. It is, everyone's involved in it. Um, we, as I said, we had 950, oh, I did myself down, 959 nominations. Um, and then we had 580 people attend the awards this year here in the Hilton in Manchester. We had 120 on the wait list, which is really awkward for me because you want to be that inclusive, everyone come. You know you won't get a great ticket, you know. So it's what we do next, you know. It's how we grow that without it being unnecessary, you know. How do you grow it with that inclusivity? And that's where I need you to keep me in check as well. Um, we've got 400 role models, you all role models, on our, our website now. And what we're looking to do is to expand those stories. So we've got some great partnerships that we're working with at the moment, including, oh, we've, obviously we've got, yeah, we have 10 million people, sorry, uh, 10 million viewers, uh, 10 million um, on Twitter that viewed the awards. We beat Bake Off. That's where it's at the time. We beat the Champions League, but it was more important to beat Bake Off. Um, you know, we've, we've got some brilliant partnerships because we can't do it without the partnerships. I purposely have never gone down that sort of government funding or anything route. It's been a bit... Just go ahead, build a field, and it will come. And the partnerships are coming now, and the support is coming. You know, so we, we launched a brilliant partnership with Manchester Airport Group, which is ongoing, and I'm delighted that they're going to be uh, one of our headline partners at the awards next year. It's never happened for me like that this year, so I'm really grateful for that support. Thank you. Woo. <laughs> we've got a partnership with NatWest, who are really we've got a lunch tomorrow with some of our futurists, with the chief exec of, of NatWest, of RBS Bank. Again, looking at what those future conversations. Uh, look like. Um, and we've recently, recently held some download sessions in Newcastle, Manchester and Leeds looking at what the future of work looks like for those people who live and work in the north because I've just seen a real power from the future list. I've seen a real power from what these individuals do, achieve, create, connect and grow and I want to harness that and if I can support, convene and enable that then we can do that as part of what we're doing. So we held these sessions, I call them downloads because roundtables sounded boring so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we created and again the, the feedback that we've had from that is great and specifically not just for women but for women, uh, you know for young women and young men as well and looking at what that looks like. Uh, we've worked with Manchester Met University, gosh hold on a second Cheers to you anyway. Um, we work with Manchester Met University, which is a partnership that I found through uh, Van der Murray uh, over here. Um, and they've launched a series of toolkits as well um, to, to work across. It's great when you see it all fall there, isn't it? Um, we also in May launched, uh, again with the support of KPMG, we've launched a series of power circles. Um, excuse me. Oh, I love apple juice. I love apple juice. I don't know, I'm looking up there, it's there. Um, and we launched a series of power circles, and what we've done is we've gathered, um, we, we launched one in, uh, we, we ran one in uh, Leeds, and which is now the Yorkshire Power Circle. We ran one a few weeks ago here in Manchester. And the whole conversation was not about gender, gender pay gap, me too. It was about what are the business criteria. That's Andy Burnham, he's late. No, he's not coming. Um, um, it was, what, what, what are our business necessities for our regions? So that's why we've held one separately in Manchester. We've held one in, um, it's not me, or is it? No. <laughs> so we've held them in, and it was about the conversation of business. So not, you know, you've got, we've got 25, 30 women in a room talking about business, not talking about sort of the obvious. So we've got our next one in Newcastle in, uh, next month. So again, that's something we're looking to take forward and grow because it's not just about having a dinner, it's what we do with those conversations. And we're now actually, we're now at 12.9 thousand um, social media followers uh, as well, which again, that's, that really is what's driven this campaign over the last few years is, is that social, that com those conversations that you spark, that you enable and that you grow and that you deliver on. Because when I hear back of some of the stuff that you, you know, done, the fact that Sam White couldn't accept her award because she was in Australia doing business, you know, that's what an outstanding entrepreneur does. It's it's brilliant to be able to celebrate and share that success. So, so that's it. I may as well put my feet up for the rest of the year, but no, apparently we won't. Um, so we've got a number of things coming up. We've got uh, actually I've updated that slightly. We've got the launch of sort of our NatWest partner, uh, our future 
for sessions which start tomorrow, because we may as well do another event tomorrow, right? Um, um, I've been asked to speak at the Northern Powerhouse Summit over in Newcastle next month. Um, I don't think I'm the only woman either, Helen. Who? Yeah. Um, and we're launching the awards again on the in September. Um, we've also got we've got a great partnership with Edit Development that we've developed this uh, peer-to-peer mentoring scheme, and it's a program actually. It's not a scheme. The whole point is that. What, as a peer group, both parties can both benefit. It's not about one is any better than the other. So that's something we've, we've just we launched um, earlier this year. So we've got the next cohort in October. Uh, and we've got Jane. Uh, Jane's been working on a pilot with Lancaster Girls School uh, about a schools programme. Um, so we're in a product sort of development phase with, with them. Uh, and then we've got the, the Northern Power Futures Festival. So this is what we've been doing those download sessions for. What does the future of work look like by those people who are going to work in a minute? So we have a couple of surveys out there, which we'd love. We've had, a, I think, over 200 people respond so far because there's no point in me putting that together because, you know, I'm not 25 anymore, you know, not quite. Um, so we want to hear from the different voices and the different conversations with the view that we will have one here in Manchester and then one over in Newcastle as well at the back end or end of next year. I need a venue. Yeah, I don't need a typical venue, I need an unusual venue that can have different stages. So any thoughts on that would be great. So for me, I just want to sort of celebrate what you have enabled to happen. You've enabled and sort of motivated and inspired me to do what you have kind of fed to me, what you continue to do. I want to really raise a glass and, and ask you to keep it coming. You know, um, recruit, recruit people and get people in that don't look like you. Bring other people into the conversation. You know, we've got, we've been growing. We haven't got enough men here tonight. Um, but that has, been a, that has been a big thing is growing, is growing those, our male advocates as well. Um, and, and how we do that to kind of really motivate and inspire this change. So I 100% want to raise a glass to all of you. Um, cheers. Cheers. Um, I want to, this evening we want to capture, um, we've got a squad tonight capturing some, some audio, some video, because we want to put it out in a kind of follow-up blog, because I'm that cool now, um, um, just to kind of keep those conversations going. But you are all part of it, and you are all really welcome. So thank you all for being amazing Northern Power Women. Thank you. We're now going to take us forward into our conversations. So these are not going to be, they're going to be audio recorded because they're going to go into our celebration podcast. I know you're all stood, so we're going to have two conversations that are 10 minutes each. So just have a little bit of a, you know, kind of loosen up, okay? Top up while we get Sam and Edvita to the stage and get them warmed up. And we will do 10 conversations. Thank you. Welcome to the conversations uh, part of this evening. Like I said, we're going to have two 10-minute snap conversations. So I'm going to hand over to Sam White, who is the winner of the Outstanding Entrepreneur Award this year, and Avita, who is now part of our future list, who I have to say, Avita's written an amazing blog this week, um, and also only jumped in this afternoon around about 2 o'clock. So I love anyone who says yes and work out later. So without further ado, I'm going to hand over to our wonderful first conversation. Thank you. <laughs> and I promise not to sing, which would be alarming for all of us. Um, Sam White, CEO of Freedom Group. Uh, Athita Patel, Communications Manager at the Nuclear Decommissioning Authority. Yeah, it's really sexy, I know. <laughs> I know, but yeah, that's my work now. I'm so glad you said that. I know. One of my first questions was going to be, so what do you do? <laughs> that might not be the right question. No. So um, I'm the Communications Manager at the Nuclear Decommissioning Authority. I've worked there only for a short time. Prior to that, I used to work at Manchester Airport. Uh, as the uh, communications manager for the uh, transformation program. So I don't know if those of you who have travelled through the airport would have seen the kind of building work that's going on there. So I used to be kind of responsible for comms you know, uh, behind that. Uh, so I'm only fairly new in the world of nuclear, so don't ask me any nuclear based <laughs> type don't questions. Me, that ruins all five of my questions. <laughs> Um, so, in, in your business environment, do you see, because I guess nuclear power airports, it's, um, it's quite a male field, generally. Yeah, do you feel that you see a, a fair representation of all demographics at all areas? Um, I think at, at the head office level, no. 
Definitely not. I think there's, a, there's some work to be done uh, at that level. Uh, you're, you're right, it's in very male-dominated industries, both of them, nuclear and the airport. Um, women in general are definitely working their way up, you know, the career ladder at both these industries, but there's definitely some more work to do. Um, and if we take the BME kind of population, then we're, you know, we're just quite rare breed, if you want to call us that, in, in those both worlds, especially as a, a woman uh, of uh, Indian origin, which is, you know, I was born and bred uh, in the Northwest, uh, born in Bolton, actually. Um, and growing in, in the industry that I work in, which is communications, uh, and when I first started off in that industry, which was about 15 years ago, it was quite rare to see anyone of, of Asian uh, female descent, as opposed to work in that industry, to, uh, that I could personally identify with. So it, it is definitely, um, it is changing, definitely from 15 years ago, uh, but it is quite still quite a male. How does that make you feel? So walking into an environment where you can't see anybody that looks like you that you identify with, what's the...? Um, it's a, you know, really weirdly, I never really thought about it in great detail until today. When Emma kind of sent me the questions beforehand, I, I never really put too much thought behind it, but when I was thinking about, you know, the kind of responses I'd give and, and, and how I'd react to some of the, to some of the questions, I did think actually, when I when I, I actually graduated in um, IT um, in, in early 2000, um, and um, there wasn't anyone in IT or in that tech field that I could really identify with. So typically, because I couldn't identify with anyone, I moved into communications and PR and marketing because it seemed to be quite a female-dominated yeah, industry. And, you know, and I'm thinking, I thought back to if I was, you know, back to when I was 21 and I graduated and all enthusiastic and wanted to be the future, uh, you know, Microsoft owner, female version of that agent owner, would I, you know, would my, you know, future be different now? So I never really thought about it until today, but I, I think my, my path could have taken slightly different view if I had a, a person or a role model that I could identify with. And I think that's what's so important about this group is, is kind of giving those role models and, and changing that perspective. So not being the next Microsoft owner, what, yeah. what is your career goals? Um, to continue and, and, and keep growing as a, as a communications professional, you know, I, I thrive on, and I'm a huge advocate, as Sarah, Sarah Hall knows, who's the current president of CIPR, so I'm the vice chair of the internal comms committee for CIPR, um, and I always believe that, uh, and you're probably the, the same, uh, Sam, in terms of your role as a CEO, you know, if you want to make a, a change and you want to challenge the kind of norm, you have to actually do something about it so you know and, and to make a difference i wanted to do something about that and, and the excuse of being northern based and not having the kind of avenue to do anything you need to go you know so i traveled down to london uh four and a half years ago to the agm not knowing anyone never spoken to anyone down in london you know the big smoke with dreams are made and all that <laughs> uh, so it, it wasn't it wasn't you, you do have to kind of take you know the, the kind of comfort uh, you've got to come out of your comfort zone a little bit to do these kind of things, and I suppose I would have questioned you that <laughs> as, a, as a chief executive you know, of a really successful business stuff. You know, when did you? Was it a challenge for you to come out of that comfort zone and, and, and approach like a male-dominated industry? Um, I think it's more than a prejudice in Northern, to be fair. Um, <laughs> I, I live in London now, and I, I find I'm more pushed back for being Northern than being female. But no, um, joking aside, I started my first business when I was 24, so I feel very lucky in, in that respect, and I'm very conscious of that when I'm engaging with women, because I've never had to fight in a corporate environment. I I go into corporate environments and frankly run screaming for the building as quickly as possible. Um, but I understand it's a totally different dynamic and I'm curious about it, which is yeah. where talking to, to people like you and your experience of it, because I only have experience of my own business, yeah. and, and so my perspective is very skewed yeah. because 70% of my management team are female, and clearly because I'm female, you know, I, I don't see it as a, a barrier in that way, but that's because I've created my own environment and I'm not being subjected to somebody else's view of all. And I think, um, I mean, talk about, I've always only ever worked in the corporate world, which is really unusual because my parents have, um, always worked themselves and were really, really disappointed when I didn't want to set up my own business and I wanted to join the corporate world. 
And I suppose when I heard Simone talking earlier about role models, and um, my mom, I suppose, is one of my biggest role models, and she never, and it, I know it sounds like a cliche, and everyone's mom's that kind of role model, but my mom, being, you know, she came to this country when she was 15 years old on her own, and she kind of empowered me and my sister to achieve anything we wanted to do. So I kind of went into those organisations with that gut sense and you know, and that, and that kind of empowerment. And and I, and I never really allowed anyone to define who I was as an individual or the colour of my skin or where my background was. And I never really paid attention to it. So I suppose when I said earlier, I didn't really think about it. I didn't. I didn't really no. think about it. You know. And I think. I'm lucky because I was supported by some amazing role models throughout my kind of career and working with these amazing individuals. But I am aware that there are some, you know, young women and, and even young men who don't have that kind of role model they can look up to and be supported by. And I suppose as the chief exec of your organisation, you just said that 70% of your management force are female. You know, how did you kind of? Do you reckon that was a, was that a conscious decision on your part to kind of? No, so from my perspective, and this is going to sound sexist the other way, but I, I really try and only hire based on merit. So I have lots of different ages in my business, uh, different nationalities, different backgrounds. Um, I've just hired a, a guy with a PhD who's um, Indian and in his 50s, and he's absolutely brilliant. And he brings something completely different to the table to everybody else that I've got in the team. So the fact that I've got 70% female is just because I thought they were the best people for the job. Um, and you know, I think that that's what, what frustrates me with business is that I don't think we always choose based purely on merit. I think that we're all a bit subject, subject to unconscious bias, and, and the problem is that people currently in power of a certain demographic, and, and I don't even think it's deliberate half the time, they just naturally gravitate towards what they know, and really what I want to see is that we smash that down and we start to just judge people purely on how good are you at your job. 100% great, and this is going to sound really controversial, but I am really reluctant to join groups such as BME groups in organisations and groups that are female only kind of groups because I always think they're quite and, and some work brilliantly but I you know I have been part of some groups, especially BME groups where they're quite isolated and they're sat in a really darkened room somewhere down in a random <laughs> corridor, you know, the seven or eight people who are like raging about the fact they haven't been given opportunities and I've never ever and, and the blog that Simone referred to was something just wrote on the Sunday about I grew up in quite a, a, a difficult, uh, you know, racist kind of neighbourhood, I suppose, and, and then that kind of gave me the strength and the empowerment to not be a victim. And I think it's really important not to become the victim and, and keep fighting, you know, for, for going forward and becoming a, a great role model. Absolutely. going to be really interesting. So Adrian, who um, is one of um, been our big supporter um, for the awards this year from Mawson, is the operations director there, is the standing double for the, the chairman and all this kind of thing. Um, Adrian actually has just given me some rather good news and just committed to partnering and supporting Northern Powerman for the next year. So I think we should all celebrate. <laughs> to do a little dance but that's what that dance for is like later so so thank, i really appreciate we really appreciate the support so thank you and also uh, to our wonderful alice uh, so alice is part of our uh, power list as well and um, this conversation we were talking about was was going to be like a global conversation so i'm going to pass over for the next 10 minutes for you to talk about the world <laughs> Okay, hi everyone, really nice to be here. Um, I'm Alice and um I'm Adrian, a global operations director for Mawson. So if we're a big recruitment firm, I need to recruit more men, I think. I've just decided <laughs> I'm glad Rob's supporting me at the same time. So that's gonna be the first job. 
Um, so the work that I do, I, I'm part of the uh, McCann Advertising Network. I head up one of the divisions there. Um, we were both given instructions not to wear dresses because of the mic situation, and I think we managed that okay. So, so far, so good. Um, so I'm, um, I think we've got the drill. We're going to throw each other some challenging questions, fix each other with steely glass and see who drops the gaze first. We're not. Okay, so um, I'm going to um, kick off, and um, I suppose I'm going to start with a bit of an anecdote. So the other week, um, I was chatting with um, with the chairman of an organisation, and um, he was asking me what sort of role I would really like to do. And I said, well, I'd be quite interested in um, doing a COO role. And he was like, well, why would that be? And I'm like, well, because I could really get to understand um, an organization and know how it works and all the parts. And his response was, if you were a man, you would come straight up to me and be saying you wanted the CEO role. So I guess it kind of begs the question, Adrian, what are your thoughts on whether women are as likely to push themselves to the limit of their skills in the same way that men are. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, being, doing the COO role, I would advise against that personally. But uh, <laughs> no, I think, I think for, for me, it's a confidence thing. And it's amazing the difference between the confidence in, in, in men and women. And I think it's great having uh, a network like this. Uh, it's great having, hopefully, access to mentors. I think for me, uh, one of the things I'm working on with a number of the in our business is giving them exposure and experience to get that confidence so that they, they can apply for that next role, they can go for a role that um, they should be going for anyway. So I think that's, that's one thing that, that, that we're working on, not only in our business but, but with customers. It always amazes me when it's customers that have been asked to go for a role um, and it's probably women that they don't feel confident enough. So it's about giving people the right experience and exposure, giving the right development plans and, and access to mentors that will give them that confidence to do that. So just in terms of that, if you don't mind me asking you a question, just in terms of mentorship uh, and role models, who, who are yours, um, what do they mean to you, and do you think it's important from a mentoring perspective for females to have a strong female mentor, or do you think uh, it doesn't matter about gender? Multiple questions, sorry. <laughs> um, multiple interesting questions. So the issue of mentorship, it's quite a big one at the moment, isn't it? It's quite a buzzword. Um, for me, um, I can't say that I've had one long-term mentor, but I've been really lucky in that I've had um, a series of, of people, either in the forms of managers or colleagues, um, and I'm really lucky in that I've got a great friendship group as well. So I've learned lots of things about different aspects of both professional and personal life. Um, and I've also had um, people who I've learned how not to do things from as well. So I think mentorship can come in lots of different forms. If you're lucky, you'll have that one person who's there throughout your entire career with you. Or as for me, it comes in lots of different forms and lots of different people. So certainly I think I've been very fortunate. Um, in answering your question about is it important to have female role models and mentors, um, I don't necessarily think so um, in terms of how you learn from people. I've had great mentors who've been men, but I think that it is really helpful to have other females who you can um, exchange experiences with because you will have common experiences in a way that perhaps you won't with, with men. Okay, so throwing um, a question back at you, Adrian. Um, in terms of your tips for success, obviously you work with a varied workforce, both men and, and women. Um, what advice do you give your team um, about how to move forwards and what they should do to progress their careers? Okay. Yeah, no, I, th I think uh, it's interesting, the, the tips for success. Well, I think for me, I use an example who's actually on the future list, Sam Price. Um, she, she's a great example for someone who wants to change something, wants to sort of, it's very much part of this community and the agenda. And I think uh, for me, Sam comes to me with the problem, the solution, the commercial impact and the benefits of that. 
Um, and I think when people do that, you can't say no. And I think that's the way if you want to change something. And, and we're here today is about, about you know talking about change and, and developing and making an impact. Um, and that's one of my tips for success is you, lots of people get the opportunity and exposure to very senior people. And you know I find they've got lots of great ideas, but they don't necessarily always communicate those in the right way. And I think taking that sort of structured approach to say, okay, here's here's what I want to change. This is why this is the problem that it's creating, here's the benefits and you know, here's how to do it. So it makes it very easy to make that decision. And I think when people engage with senior people in that way as well, again, I think it's a way of them developing their career, being seen, and I think having those conversations uh, that make an impact uh, is certainly one to sort of help people with that uh, future career. My other one is have balance as well. I think you know it's not all about work. Um, I think having that balance um, between a social, uh, whatever it is that you're into, baking, cooking, sports. Um, I think it's important to have that because I think as you become more senior in an organisation, being able to have that balance and be able to switch off, uh, I think is critical to success as well. Very true. My wife's in the room tonight, so it'd be quite interesting. <laughs> She's a switch off or not. So I'll tell you she is. <laughs> I already know who she is, <laughs> so I'm going to ask her later. Um, so, so for me, another one, again, it was mentioned earlier in a question for you in terms of global business. Um, you know, it, it's, it's really exciting about, about the Norm Powerhouse, uh, and it's great to see that it, it's, it's, it's on the agenda. Um, you know, for me, we, we talk about developing talent, but in the North, we lose a lot of talent, sadly, to the South. Um, do, you think it's, uh, do you think it's really important um, that you have to go to London for the big jobs? Um, and what do you think the Powerhouse can do in terms of influencing that? So I have a massive bias in that um, the, the business that I work in, um, we, we work globally, so all of my clients are global pharmaceuticals, um, we work with the majority of all the big blue chips, and um, this is a team that um, has largely been developed, grown, they've trained all in the northwest. Um, and clearly there is a global demand for the expertise that, that we have and other businesses in the um, North, Northwest have. So it is something that I feel really passionately about. I think that if you develop the right skill sets, um, and as I said, a lot of our guys are homegrown from, from Manchester, um, you know, a lot of um, Manchester University graduates, um, so we're, we're really proud of that. So um, there is always, of course, a bias towards the, the larger cities, but um, I very firmly believe that we've got a massive talent base in the Northwest. I feel really strongly about it, and I do feel that we've got a lot to offer the global setting. Yeah, I think there's some, for, for me certainly, especially over the last few years, I think um, Manchester, the organisations that we're getting to Manchester, the way those organisations are changing and developing, I think we've got some really cutting edge employers here. So for me, uh, definitely stay in the north. <laughs> Absolutely. I think if you look at a lot of the work that, for example, Midas and Marketing Manchester are doing, it, I mean, it really highlights that um, so yeah all about the north northwest as far as I'm concerned okay so um, changing gears somewhat um, I'm going to ask you Bob's giving me the one minute um, notice so obviously um, you're in recruitment so I'm going to throw the last killer question to you Adrian so do you actually see a difference in the way that, because um, I want some top tips of course, do, do men and women negotiate differently when it comes to um, securing that, that job that they want? Yeah, they definitely do. I've got 30 seconds to answer this one, so I'll, I'll be quick. And it, it links back to my question, just uh, the question earlier, really, around confidence. And I think if you've uh, got the confidence and had that exposure um, to different environments and you've built up that level of experience and you've had that connectivity with senior people, then I think your ability to negotiate is better. But certainly men, as it stands, do, 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 do negotiate probably a bit more aggressively than, um, than, than females with, with no right to either. So develop that confidence and uh, that's the key. Well, I feel very fortunate because I think we're in good company amongst many confident, brilliant women. Absolutely. Um, so I think 
that is our 10 minutes of fame up. So thank you very much, Adrian, and thank you, everyone. on this beautiful cake in Athena. I know, I know. Is this a microphone or just a just thing? A, just a okay. microphone. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I thought that last question was particularly interesting given all of the coverage on the gender pay gap. And just putting you a little bit more under pressure, Adrian, in what way are men better at negotiating their package? What do you think the differences, how do they communicate differently? What can we learn um, as females in business from our male counterparts in relation to our, our package negotiations? I think it's fascinating. Yeah, I do, I do think it's, it, it's fascinating. I, I do think it relates back to the, uh, the point about putting uh, yourselves forward for jobs. Certainly, you know, anyone who's... I've got a number of customers in the room who know the team I'm surrounded with, uh, strong, very intelligent females... Um, and I think for me, it's having that confidence. And one thing I've worked, you know, worked on, worked with them on, is just that communication. And and I think um, it's not just men. You know, certain people do do it better than others. But it is having that ability to sell yourself and not undervalue yourself. And I think um, the more exposed, I think it's harder for um, women in in you know middle management roles and senior management roles. I do think actually when you're a director level. I've been cut off now. Uh, it, 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 it's easier. So I think a lot of the work I do is with that, that more middle management level because I think it is giving them that confidence, that exposure that they are worth what they're going for. And I think it seems quite a simplistic answer, doesn't it? But for me, if you are, uh, if you've been there, you've done that, you've delivered a project that has had quite a significant impact on the business, then you are worth what. You, you should be paid. So I think it's, it is back to that exposure experience and, and confidence. Thank you. Thanks, Angela. Just one second, Sally. We've got Helen here first. Oh, uh, just rise from the ashes at the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, hi, um, my name's Helen Pidd. I'm the North of England editor of The Guardian newspaper. I just wondered if either of you have seen any evidence that the kind of top graduates are staying in the North rather than going off to London, which is something that obviously we've seen for many decades now. Is, is it changing at all? I don't, do you want to say that first? I, I, I've got a, a view on that if you want me to go first. Yeah. So uh, I've definitely seen that, uh, especially in tech. Uh, I think it's really exciting in the Northwest. Uh, a number of uh, large organisations, the likes of MAG, are going through a digital transformation. So there's some really interesting projects there. Uh, there's a number of niche startup boutique businesses that are keeping uh, keeping some of the best tech graduates. So I, I do think there is that that pull factor. I think the BBC. I think that there's been a number of things over the last few years where we've seen actually that London pull uh, is, isn't as great, which is which which is good, which is good. I mean, from my perspective, certainly within our sector, what we are seeing. Um, is several London-based agencies who are now wanting to set up satellite offices in the northwest because they recognise that this is where a lot of the, certainly in my field, a lot of the scientific talent is. So I'm sure that there may be still a certain pull towards London, but for me the biggest indicator is that a lot of London companies are coming up here, which speaks volumes. Oh, thanks very much. I don't think I need to amplify my voice. Uh, firstly, thank you for a great evening, um, Simone and the panel. Um, second, I've got three points. Secondly, I found the conversation about confidence negotiation somewhat patronising because, uh, Adrian, you've obviously never negotiated with me uh, or, or, or maybe anybody else in this room. But my question really is about where you see the um, conversations about gender acceleration now we're in Brexit. Do you see things getting better uh, for women in general? I don't mean in confidence negotiation, you've covered that. But what I mean is in terms of income and keeping graduates in the north and so on and so forth, because we are in a pool now uh, specifically where, you know, we need to grow the economy. 
where do you see um, the improvement for women? Okay, first of all, I'd say, you know, when answering these questions, it is generic, you know, uh, said my wife's in the room, she negotiates extremely well for me on all occasions. So, uh, uh, and, and, one, and she's the next one of my customers as well, who also equally negotiates very well with me. So, um, I think uh, the exciting thing about uh, gender balance and uh, a little bit about Brexit is the importance that's being placed on developing talent, retaining talent. I think there's a lot of topics. Um, encouraging more women into engineering uh, is obviously a big driver for us being a, 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 you know, the, the, the largest engineering recruiter. So I think it's great. I think it's accelerated conversations. I think it's put it on board agenda. Um, I actually think all those things needed to happen, but I think Brexit probably accelerated that. So um, it, for, for me, it's just enabled those conversations to reach action points rather than just debates. I think all the things we're experiencing now we've been talking about for a long, long time, but it's never, it's never had an impact on a business to the extent where the board have said, we need to do something about that. Uh, and that's within our customer base. Um, we actually need to make an impact. So I think for me, it's all part of an agenda of change, which is which is for the better, really. And I think you know it's just it's just high up there on the agenda. Thank you. So from my perspective, Sally, I'm really um, lucky in that working in the life sciences sector, it's very female dominated. If you look at a lot of the graduates, it's heavily skewed towards females. So we're really lucky in that in the short term, Brexit won't impact that and we'll continue to have a fabulous pool of bright scientists to tap into. I think longer term what will um, beg some questions is that um, in the north, well anywhere in the UK, we really need to maintain those standards of academic excellence and, and research and we really need to look at where that longer term funding for that research is coming from to make sure that we're at the top of our game. So those are really the perspectives um, from, from the field that I'm in. Super, thank you. You are standing between me and a glass of wine, by the way. <laughs> Somebody get Alice a glass of wine. Thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Alice. And thank you to all of you. Alice is a glass of wine coming your way. Uh, it just leads me to thank you all. So thank you to Avita, to Sam, to Alice and to Adrian. Thank you for your conversations this evening. Thank you for all of you for joining in those conversations. Thank you for Twitter. It's great. It's really happening out there. Thank you for keeping those conversations going. I want to thank uh, KPMG for supporting this evening for the second year and the power circles and just everything else I seem to ask. They're, they're really kind of supportive of this whole kind of campaign of what we're trying to do. So thank you. Thank you, Nicola. Thank you, Christine. And thank you, Chris Rutherford. Chris Rutherford, who's been a brilliant, worthy... On all these events, is, 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 is leading to go travelling over to ours, and I just want to—I want to just make note of really thanking Kim for his support. I want to thank the people that I couldn't do this without. Okay, I'll come back to you because that's 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 a given. You know, I can't do this without you. So I want to thank—I want to thank my husband Rob. I want to thank my 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 brother David for always capturing beautiful imagery. He's fabulous. I want to thank the headshot guy for supporting tonight. I want to thank my wonderful ambassadors. Jane and Adele. Um, so Adele and Jane have just been, they're, they're full-time unpaid workers for me, but they're like my number one cheerleaders and I really value and thank you, thank your support. And thanks to Em, it's like she appeared by magic there. Um, so that, and thank you to all of the people that sort of have faith in it, but it is about you. This is all about you and it should continue to be about you and those people that you pull through with you, those people that you influence above, influence around. The people that we walk around, how do we engage those in part of the conversation? So we've just got a couple of... Here he is. This is Chris Rutherford. Awkward. Bon voyage, Chris. Uh, we want to have... On the podcast, we have something called Ask the Hive, which is a, a section we have right at the end, which is where you, we look for your questions. Your, your sort of questions that you put out to the wider uh, community. So if there's any questions, burning career questions, 
or business or organisation questions that you want to throw out tonight, we will record them. Just come find one of us and we will record that and we will put one on one of the Ask the Hive. Um, Carolyn as well, where has she gone? Uh, I've lost her. Uh, Carolyn, uh, she is at the back. Carolyn's also capturing your, what is Northern Power and Women's mission to you? What does it mean to you? I'm driving this ship, train, bus, whatever, however we got here. Um, hopefully not delayed. I know this is what we Transparent our lady's just gone, so I can tell. Um, so what is your mission? What is, what is Northern Power Women to you? Because that helps me steer where we're going. We, you know, we innovate as we go. So I rely on that feedback and that thought and that insight and that informed uh, conversation. I know that will probably drive Jane and Adele mad because that means it shifts where our brand is. But you know, I, 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 we value that because this is how we're taking this. So, but please wear your please wear your pin badges with pride. If you've got a pin badge, please. If you if you've got your your button badge. If you've already got a pin badge, maybe give that button badge to someone else tomorrow. Make them work. And recruit, recruit more people as agents of change. Recruit more people to kind of help us accelerate this. But really, congratulations to all of you. Thank you to all of you. Cheers to all of you. I now encourage you all to kind of mix with some of the other people that you don't know. On your badge, it actually says whether you're powerless, futureless, outstanding, commended, whether you're just a guest or especially a guest. Please just connect. Find someone you haven't met and have that conversation. And then find your buddies and have a good old gab with them. But please, top up your glasses. Oh, and also, where is she, my lovely Gemma? Gemma Truman. Gemma Truman makes the most outstanding glass were. When we created the awards, I wanted the awards to be created by female talent. So I put it out on the world of Twitter. And we found a glass blower from the Wirral, now residing in the northern quarter with a whole studio growing. Gemma, come here. Come here. Gemma has some amazing artwork at the back. Anybody you know that would love a lovely installation. It'd be lovely here in the reception at KPMG, I'm sure. <laughs> but please, this is what it's about. It's recognising all talent. Every talent, every walk of life. So Gemma has always been a perfect example to me of, of what a Northern Power woman looks like and how she's grown and developed her business through herself. So cheers to you all. Thank you for all being here. Please continue to enjoy the wonderful hospitality of KPNG and the wonderful balcony and the selfies. Please, people. And we will see you again next year. You are all very welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> Again, huge thank you to everybody who came along to join in and especially to those who took part as well. Well, we really hoped you enjoyed this very special celebration edition. Don't forget, episode 13 of the Northern Power Women podcast will be with you on Tuesday, July the 3rd. Oh, before I head off into the sunset, actually, another big celebration, klaxon and huge excitement that the Northern Power Women podcast has been nominated for Best Podcast in this year's Northern Blog Awards. Cross your fingers and toes for us. The glittering ceremony takes place in September. Of course, we'll let you know. But thank you so much to everyone who nominated us. OK. Well, until July the 3rd in episode 13 of the Northern Power Women podcast, I'm Sam Walker and this has been a What Goes On media production for Northern Power Women. Mm -hmm.